again, everybody. Welcome to Radio MVP Sports Podcast, episode number 122. We took a couple weeks off, but uh, you really didn't miss us. I know that. Uh, <laughs> but we're happy to be back. And uh, the Cleveland Browns continue to play well. Uh, they won today 10-7 over uh, the Houston Texans. And in the process, with the 6-3 and three on the season, the OS excuse me, the OHSAA playoffs are coming to the championship conclusion. Mm-hmm. The division one championships already been decided, which I just realized uh, today. I did not even know, but yeah, I didn't been... realize they did it all different until we, or we talked about the, uh, you know, there'd be one, two, two, or one, three, three, uh, like it has in the past couple of years, but no, they completely, uh, and they throw us a curveball and went one, two, 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 two. So. Yeah, well, my understanding, and I don't know the whole story, is in Division One because of cancellations of mm-hmm. games through COVID, the season came to an end a week early. And St. X uh, beat Pickerton uh, on Friday night uh, to win the championship. Yes. So I didn't even know that was a championship game. Uh, I, honest to God, I, I didn't even hear anything about it. Now, grant you, our area doesn't have any Division One schools any longer. No, so it kind of goes unnoticed as much but as. Still, no, you're right. There was never a. I don't know. Maybe to me, it seems like in years past, there's been a buildup, like an excitement leading to um, state championship weekend. That's that's a meaningful weekend uh, to us high school football fans here in Ohio. You and I have been blessed and privileged to cover. A lot of state playoff games. We've covered a state championship game. Uh, we've been around it. But you're right. You really never heard the, you know, the buildup or the excitement. And, you know, I guess with everything going on this year, it's tough. Uh, but that St. X team, they, they are really good. I watched them the first game of the year all the way back in August against a team from Indiana. They actually lost that game. They are really talented. And they're deserving of being uh, state champion division one. Oh, there's no question. They uh, they just dominated Pickerton uh, Central, I believe it was uh, this past uh, Friday mm-hmm. night. And uh, hey, you know it, it's a crazy year. They made it through the championship week. We'll see. Hopefully, all the remaining six divisions will not have any problems, and we'll have a chance to play. Yep. Uh, we of course were covering. Ursland Fighting Irish all season long on Western Reserve uh, Digital Broadcasting, along with our partner, Matt Emch. Mm-hmm. And they fell to uh, Mentorly Catholic a couple weeks back in a game where Ursland didn't have their full team available because mm-hmm. of COVID. And none of the players, from my understanding, tested positive. No. But they were exposed not. to the possibility. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, not, not the, excuse me, the high school <laughs> uh, made a very wise and uh, uh, very ethical decision that they weren't going to play. I guess there were some gray areas where some of them could have, but they made the stance that they would not be available for that game. And I give them a lot of credit. I mean, it's why risk uh, the rest of the team and why not, you know, see what you can do. They ended up starting a third string quarterback, a freshman Mm -hmm. who played well under the circumstances that he was thrown into. Um, Mentor Lake Catholic took advantage of a short field after two interceptions, really took yep. control of the game. And yeah, anytime you miss that many starters on your offense and defense, you're going to notice the difference as the game goes on. And yeah, 
that I think Ursula's story this year is the story of many schools in Ohio with the, the COVID situation that we had to deal with for high school football. So unfortunately it took them out of the playoffs. Um, but that is the story of 2020. They're not the only school that has had to play with less players or uh, to uh, forfeit games mm-hmm. in the worst case scenario and not play. Yeah. You got to give Urson a lot of credit. First of all, um, to make the jump that they did this year compared to last year, all while navigating this global pandemic. And it's very difficult for high schools. I give the high schools a lot of credit because they don't have the resources to test three times a week or daily, like some colleges or professionals. Um, You know, we were sitting here late July, early August thinking, you know, there's not going to be a high school football season. And to now be after state championship game with one state championship game already completed, uh, a lot of credit. But you got to give, like you said, Ursuline was in a tough situation. Uh, those kids did test negative, but like you talked about, if there was a doubt and they had a doubt, you know, they sat them. And it's very right. tough to do that when you're in that situation. Granted, the stakes, but Ursuline took the moral route, the ethical route and proved that human life and safety of the athletes and the coaches and everybody is far more important than one football game. Yeah. And you got to give coach Reardon and the school a lot of credit for doing yeah. that. And under the rules, and I don't know exactly the timetable they were under. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found out about the night before that this was a possibility that no, no one confirmed it. Uh, but if I remember correctly, as we talked about early in the year, when the season began, you had to be tested on Monday and Tuesday and be cleared mm-hmm. by Friday to play. And I'm, you know, under the assumption, and I don't know this for a fact, that maybe possibly this may have taken place prior or after that deadline, thus made it almost impossible for those players to play, even though, uh, you know, there was no no link linkage yeah. to any player being um, contracting or uh, having a, COVID, but you know, it's just it's an unfortunate scenario. Mennonite Catholics taking advantage of two opportunities yes, this they year, has. and they are in the state finals in in Division Four. So you got to give them a lot of credit, and they're a good team. Um, would it have been a different game if Ursuline held their players, sure, but you can't yep. you can't change no you the can't circumstances that you're in. It's like in any other sport when you get injuries to a player. Oh, it would have made a huge difference. Yeah, it would. Anytime mm-hmm. you have your best players on the field, it makes a difference. But that's sports. And that's where, you know, and this year it is magnified even at a at a level higher than we've ever seen before. Yeah, it's, you know, we could sit here and play the what if game. Well, if this person played, if this person played, if that person played, it would have made a huge difference. But like you talked about, you got to give, Mennonite Lake Catholic, a lot of credit, you know, for coming in handling their business. And now they're one went away from a state championship um, when beginning of the playoffs. Not many people gave them a shot. Um, they're basically on the road every week. Yeah. And, and that's you know, that impressive. Takes, and, and, you know, I was talking to somebody this past weekend, Tim, and we were actually watching the Chardon and uh, Tiffin Columbian game. And, the person said, oh, well, it's not a legitimate championship because you're not playing 15 weeks. And I said, I disagree. I said, 
This is more of an impressive championship than in a normal year because not only did you have to navigate an expanded playoff field, you had to navigate a schedule that changed at the last minute for a lot of schools. And you had to deal with a global pandemic that these kids have never seen before and hope to God won't see for a very, very long time. And to get this far um, and to keep it going status quo, so to speak, uh, man, hats off to all the coaches and the athletes because they've done a hell of a job. And we talked about um, how the OHSA botched this with the whole ranking system and seating system and kicked the can down the road. Um, and they did, but the administrations that we've dealt with, the coach and the players have been phenomenal. And that is a lot of credit for getting them. Oh, there's no question. And congratulations to the Springfield Tigers and yes. the Warren Kennedy Eagles for getting to the championship week. Uh, the Eagles from JFK will play Friday afternoon at 2 PM and Springfield will play at 5 p.m. on Sunday down in Orbitz. Both of them will be down at Orbitz play, uh, mm -hmm. Fortress pl to play those games for the championship. So it will be an, an interesting weekend. Mm -hmm. uh, we had a chance, Matt and I, to jump on JFK and follow them this past week. And uh, we went and covered that game. And it was a, uh, I tell you what, you know, we've had the opportunity to watch them the last three, four seasons, Anthony. You know this. Oh, yeah. And to watch Cam Hollaball now become the quarterback instead of the running back and to have coming into that game 1,300 yards and 28 touchdowns. Yeah. Plus what he does through the air. Uh, wow. And uh, Jesse Likens and there's a few others. Uh, they, are they, they are loaded. They are. They are loaded. They are really, really a fun team to watch and almost slipped away at the last minute, but they were able to uh, to uh, rebound and, and get that, that game in, in the win column. A couple of weird plays towards the end kept, mm -hmm. uh, kept Newark Catholic in the game. Uh, they scored late. They got an onside kick. They got a couple of penalties that went their ways. They got a replay of a down. I'm not sure what happened on that. Yeah. Uh, but – in the end, they came away with a seven-point win, 20-13, to 13, and they will play uh, on Friday afternoon at 2 p.m. And right now, I can basically say this game will be on Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting. So uh, with a little help from a, from a friend mm -hmm. uh, from our past, Anthony, as uh, Carl yeah. Bloom is going to come run the board for us. That's awesome. Uh, from uh, 1570. Uh, and I believe they may have a simulcast there too. So, uh, I don't know for sure, but he is, uh, coming off the bench and is going to uh, attempt to uh, run the board for Matt and I can do that game, uh, from, from just South of Columbus in Norbit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's shocking. Cause, uh, Dave Ferris, of course, who runs our, all the yeah. games and, and ex executive produces them all. Mm -hmm. uh, it's the middle of the day on a Friday. Yeah. And, like everybody else, we all have day games or day jobs, excuse yep. me. And you can't always be a certain place at a certain time. And uh, my understanding is that we're going to give it a shot. And my thanks to uh, Jim Craven, who was against it uh, originally. And I understood why, because yeah. he's traveling everywhere too, because his son plays in the Phantoms hockey mm -hmm. program. 
-hmm. and he was in Toledo and a couple other places and Detroit and all that mm -hmm. in the last few weeks, plus traveling to cover the games for Springfield. Uh, so his weekends have been absolutely insane. And, uh, you know, it was just like impossible to probably pull this off, but with some help from, uh, from some others, unlikely uh, people, we are mm -hmm. going to attempt to uh, bring that game back to the Valley. And I, I, I really do think we'll be successful with that because we have some great people helping us out. So I never expected to be doing another championship game. I'm thrilled to death that it's Kennedy. Uh, like I said, we've had a chance to follow them over the last four seasons and to see the senior class uh, led by Cam Hollaball and Jesse Likens and others have this opportunity it's really special and i'm really excited for them and uh i'm very fortunate to uh be able to bring that one back to the valley on uh, west reserve digital broadcasting and a, a, a really a, a wonderful opportunity and hopefully going forward we'll have more opportunities too and i got we'll talk about that later i did get in contact uh, real quickly mm -hmm. with uh newcastle uh the guys over there forever broadcasting so uh, right now, it, the basketball season is in gear to get started. Sure. So we will be covering that, or I'll be covering that, I should say. And yeah. uh, we'll have more about the Red Hurricane as the season progresses. So I'm looking forward to that, too, because that is uh, always an amazing, uh, amazing privilege to to cover that that program and that school and, and those kids. And uh, like I have. Uh, had had the opportunity to cover Kennedy a few years ago and this year, uh, Ursland this past season, mm -hmm. you know, you root for these young men who uh, yep. are playing on the field and that, and we, we believe that we have a chance to do something special. So, uh, it, it should be a lot of fun. And, uh, I'm just, uh, absolutely, uh, thrilled with the opportunity. Once again, it'll be my, God, is it my fourth or fifth season in, in Newcastle? I think it'll be my fourth season. Yes. Fourth season. Well, fifth isn't it i believe you've been fourth. to the feet three times twice two twice. out of three years yeah back-to-back -back seasons the first two years and then last year yeah, we last came just short yeah yeah so yeah this will be uh season number four uh yeah it's it's amazing and uh i'm so blessed to have that that opportunity and that job and of course in the process bring um james dotson mm -hmm. into our lives and uh what a what a talent that he is and uh to share the microphone with him every week is a uh, is is awesome to say the least and well i got a chance congratulations to uh james and his new wife yeah as they are expecting well congratulations yes yeah, so uh my uh my my thoughts and congratulations to both of them as they uh they move forward on their journey together and it's it's, it's a phenomenal thing so anthony uh the Browns are six and three, my friend. Are they? Yeah. <laughs> I have. Uh, I tell you what. After um, after some uh, late night Saturdays and emotional Saturdays, I just have tapped out on Sundays watching a TV all together. Well, let's tell you what. Let's day. let's talk about Notre Dame. Uh, obviously, this past week, a really strange week in college football because of COVID. Huge. The only top five school that was playing was Notre Dame. Yes. And against their nemesis in Boston College, uh, who has been a rival for the last 25 years as yeah, they continue that. And now that they're in the same conference, mm -hmm. uh, they get to play again and they'll be playing as the years go by. 
It's going to be interesting. I'll say this. I think there's going to be a huge discussion, Anthony, and this is getting a little off subject, but I want to mm-hmm. get it out first because we talked yep. about this before. I think this season may prove to Notre Dame that they need, they need to stay in the ACC for football because that's the best route to the final four. Uh, I disagree. I don't think they need to join a conference. I, uh, they I, get, yeah, go they ahead. get nothing out of it. There's really nothing they gain out of joining a yeah, conference. Yeah, they do. They get a chance to play in, in the uh, championship series. Yeah, but that's one extra bullet point, though. If you if you look at what their normal schedule would have been this year, they could have made the playoffs just going 12-0. and 0. Yeah, I mean, we don't know what would happen, it. but you're right. I'm not going to disagree. Wisconsin and USC. I, I just don't think um, this year, yeah, it helps. Um but then again, I've also said this year, if there was a year to have a six-team playoff, this would be it. Right. Uh, also, they voted against that. I think – I just think with everything going on, and I understand the whole, whole watering down part. You want to water it down. You want teams that – but you look at, Tim, there are a lot of good football teams out there, a lot of really deserving teams. I'll put, you know, one out there right now that's – four and a half hours south of us in Cincinnati, they are deserving of spot in the call for a playoff. They go undefeated. Yeah. That is a hell of a football team um, that and a lot of people don't talk about because they play in the American. But if you put them in the big 10 team, they're the third best team in the big 10. I'm not going to disagree with you. And you, you know? got to give them, you know, I know each year is a year onto itself and you only judge them for yes. the season they're playing. Yes. But you look at what they achieved last season, didn't get the credit for. And the the season that they're having this year just kind of proves. And that's the same scenario a few years back. You know, you go Mm -hmm. 10 years ago when uh, Boise State was kind of in the same Mm -hmm. mode. Uh, A team that year in, year out proved how good they are. But never you you had to look at the the entire body beyond the season they're playing, which is not fair to them. And it's not fair uh, to – college football because every season's onto itself uh it's going to be interesting i will say this and this was rumored this week that they're having discussions about moving back the bowl games a week or two to accommodate teams i think to have have a chance to play and make up some of the games they're missing and i think that's an excellent idea i'm 100 for it i'm 100 for it um because of this reason right now Wisconsin needs to play five games in a row to even be eligible for the conference championship game. Wisconsin, in my opinion, is a top five football team right now. They are really good. Yeah. They are really good this year. And this year, maybe more than others in years past, they have a downfield passing game. Now I get it. I get it. Illinois and that team up north are awful. They are combined two and whatever they are. They're right. They're not very good. But Wisconsin, year after year after year, is always up there. And you would hate for Wisconsin to be affected by COVID again and miss out on the chance to play for a conference title game when they are the most deserving. Like you said, move it back a week. And honestly, Tim. No one's going to care. No, I'll be quite honest with you. Uh, what New Year's is a New Saturday, Year's is, yeah, or a Friday? 
Yeah, I think it's, it's a uh, Saturday. I, I have to double check. It's a Friday afternoon. It's a Friday. But Just move it to a Saturday evening games. You can play them both on Saturday. You can play one at four, five o'clock and the other one at eight or nine o'clock, whatever the case may yep. be. And then the following week have the championship game, you know, on a Saturday instead of a Tuesday I, or a Monday night, which I don't like anyway. makes no sense to me. No. And I know it's for TV and all this. Yeah, it is. Right. It on is Saturday. But let's move it to a Saturday. Let's let's play the game properly. Let's give both all four schools, whoever make it, the best opportunity. And you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be precarious the rest of the way through with everything going on. I mean, there's no way to not talk about it, but you know, we had a million cases in this country in six mm-hmm. days. Uh, we have two hundred over two hundred and fifty thousand almost uh, you know parish, and uh, this is not not going away, guys. And we have to be smart. And if it means moving the season back a week or two, I'm all for it. I don't even go three weeks if it's necessary. I really doesn't bother me. Uh, I just I want to be able to hopefully conclude the season and have the four best schools uh, be representative in the playoffs and go from there. You know, and like, for example, Ohio State has not had the COVID problem, but Maryland did. Yeah. And and it caused a cancellation. And it's the right thing to do. But if yeah. we can reschedule that game and mm-hmm. also have the, the Big Ten championship game, then do it. It makes no sense. Uh, Maryland's having a great season, and they deserve the opportunity to play Ohio State and, and test themselves and test Ohio State who had to go on the road that week to play them. So, yep. um, you know, obviously everyone knows I'm a Buckeye fan. I always will be, and, and will bleed Scarlet and gray on that level. However, mm-hmm. the right thing to do in this scenario, my opinion is let them play that game in the future. Let's reschedule it and let's play it. And, you know, this is 2020. Nothing's etched in stone. Everything's, on a whiteboard no. and you can erase it and redo yep. it, you know? Yes. And exactly. I hope, I hope and pray that throughout the country, all the conferences and all the bowl games are open to the possibility of making changes if necessary. And hopefully we'll have a, a full season. I'll say this. Um, and, you know, today, California and UCLA played this morning when they weren't they weren't even supposed to play it all this year, but because their respective games got canceled at the last minute, they adjusted and played a game. That's yeah. awesome. And that's what that you have to do. That is awesome. And yeah. you know what? That's the whiteboard mentality. Exactly. And it was fun to watch. Why not? You, know, it was, it's, you, you have know, you, to. You have to in 2020 because it's just too erratic. We just and we're in a very very precarious situation right now in this street and the lack of leadership and the lack of direction right now for the next 70 days or less than that but it's going to be it's going to play a major part and in, in, in sports it's just it is especially the football season so uh, like i say uh i hope ohio high school athletic association is smart enough in case something should happen this week with any of these schools that they would push them back or we can let back, them yeah. play yep even if it's a delay of a week and say, all right, we're going to reschedule it next Saturday da, 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 or next Friday night. Da, 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 da. And that would make sense. Yes. 
Would it suck if I went all the way down there and find out that something? Yeah, it would be heartbreaking. You know what? But it, you know what? I would rather know that a team didn't get a championship because they didn't play, exactly. or B, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to play. At least give them a shot. And if that doesn't happen, then you have to give it to both teams. Don't don't reward one team for not playing or hurt another team for not playing if they got to this level. It's okay in 2020 to do what college football did for many years and have a shared championship if it comes yep. down to that. And I hope it doesn't because I know no player wants that, no coach wants that, no, no. organization wants that. But, you know, that's what you got to do. Again, let's have that whiteboard mentality. Let's make this work going forward for everybody's uh, desire um, and to watch sports and see competition on the field. It's not going to be easy. It's like we said that from back in August and here we are in November and it's getting harder. And I, I, I accept the, the situation we're in and we have to, again, be creative. Uh, you know, I may have disagreed with the Ohio high school athletic association being creative the way they were, but for the most part, it's worked. Uh, were they about 20 games canceled during the playoffs? Yes. Yes. And teams got free buys, unfortunately. Yeah. And did some schools play after they lost? Yes. So, you know, that creativity did work out. So, I mean, yep. I give them credit for being thinking outside the box. It maybe not have been the, the way I would have done it. It doesn't mean I was right. I got to give them, you know, credit for what they have achieved this season. And, uh, like I said, I, I think their motives were to save themselves versus what was best for on-field competition, but that's okay. Um, they're not the first organization to um, put up a, a pirate flag and say, hey, we're going to do what we have to do to survive. No, and, you know, they, they also have to look out for themselves too at some point. Um, you know, but you look at where we're at now with the teams remaining in the OHSA playoffs – and every single one of them is deserving of a state championship. So you would hope that if God forbid something were to happen, they don't just reward, they don't penalize them. Move it back. Or if you have to do it, if push comes to shove, name each team a co-champion. Because like you said, in this year more than any other year, for these teams to, to get this far, to navigate all these tricky waters, not knowing, like you mentioned, not knowing going into game day, if they're going to have their full allotment of players or who is going to be available or what coach is not going to be available. Um, if push had to come to shove and they had a name coach Ambers, I'd be okay with it all. Yeah. And, uh, you know, looking at the six games that will be played this coming weekend, uh, of course, Kennedy taking on new Brennan Kennedy, mm-hmm. uh, nine and two on the season, new Brennan, nine and two game at two o'clock on Friday afternoon. And you can hear that on Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting. Western Reserve uh-huh. Digital Radio or WesternReserveRadio.com. How's that? Uh, did I plug it in up there? It's not bad. <laughs> not bad. And then uh, the Division Two game will follow at 7 p.m. And what a matchup. It is the Maslin-Washington Tigers versus the Archbishop Hoban. Was it Crusaders? Knights or Crusaders? I think or... it might be Knights. Yeah, it might be Knights. I, I forget. We Top have that head. matchup again. Yes. Hoban and uh, Maslin played for the state yes. championship a couple of years ago. And then, if you remember, it is the, the following Knights, I year, they, they were seated in the same region. 
Menhoven played for the right. state title game in the following year, same region, and now they are in different regions. Um, and we know the state won in this matchup. It's everybody in the state won in this matchup. And uh, uh, there are not very many people here in the Valley that have warm feelings for Maslin. Um, but uh, we will see if they can finally claim their first ever legitimate state championship um, and knock off the, the, the dynasty in Ohio yeah. high school football. Hope is back. We'll see what Hope can do. And uh, Division 5 on Friday at 2 p.m. Or excuse me, on Saturday at 2 p.m. It's Kirtland versus Ironton and a great matchup. I, If there's one game I would like to watch mm-hmm. that's not Kennedy or Springfield, mm-hmm. it's this one. I mean, I, I all of them I want to see. And I've done that in the yeah. past. However, this one here intrigues the hell out of me because Ironton is a classic traditional power in the state of Ohio that has made mm-hmm. it back to a championship game for the first time in a few years. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how long, but it's been a while. And they're playing the new powerhouse in Kirkland. So I think that has the potential to be a phenomenal game. Uh, you're talking about really, I think, as, as much as the uh, Maslin-Hoban game everyone's talking about, I think a lot of people are going to be talking about this Kirkland-Ironton game. There's another game um, that if I had to pay to watch, it would be Chardon and uh, Columbus St. Francis to sales. Watched Chardon the last couple of weeks. They are really, really fast. And not only are they fast, but they are so fundamentally sound. They execute on both sides of the ball. And Tim, I don't know if you've seen Chardon this year or not. No, I have they not. Are, they are massive up front on the offensive line. But not only are they big and powerful, they're quick. Yeah. Um, they get the perimeters on both sides of the ball so quickly. They get a running back or an H-back, uh, Pettijohn. He is he is a good football player, a hell of a football player. And they have a – they've kind of modernized their triple option attack. It's more of a uh, shotgun option now. Um, so they – uh, they are really good, and I believe DeSales runs a triple option still, so that will be uh, that'll be a hell of a football game. Yeah, it will be, uh, and that is at 7 p.m. on uh, on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And then Division Four is at noon on Sunday. No, at noon on Saturday. Excuse me, it's Van mm-hmm. Wert versus uh, Menor Lake Catholic, who we were talking about earlier. Who uh, of all the teams that made it to the finals, that would probably be the the Cinderella story. Yes. Yes. And then in division six, we'll wrap it up on Sunday as Springfield Tigers take on Coldwater. And that should be a phenomenal matchup. That is here going we go to be, again. I, you know what? I could be wrong here, but if I, I'm going to put out a score on that one, just out of, you know, yep. I yep. think it's going to be something, let's say 42, 35 or 38, 35 type game. Tim, uh, and I don't know about Jews remember this game, but doesn't this give you the feelings of the Ursuline Coldwater game from 2000 when yeah, Mount scored yeah. them like, was it 49-42 or something like yeah, that? 56-45. Was... I, I was at the game. And I can't remember the yeah, score. I, I but broadcast it was back that game. and forth. Boring. Um, but here we are again, Tim, a that, Valley man. team trying to beat Coldwater for a state championship. Yeah. Ursuline is 3-0 against Coldwater. Mooney's lost a couple games to Coldwater State Championship game. Uh, 
that, Tim, is going to be one fun game. And I agree with you. I'm going to over under on that game. I don't know what the weather is supposed to be. I'm going to go 79 and a half. <laughs> yeah, it could very well be that high. I'm not going to disagree. It has that potential. But then um, again, it could be 14, 13, like it was this past weekend for Springfield and uh, right. both teams play to help. Right. Yeah. Game. Yeah. That 16, uh, 13 game. Yeah. yeah. It was an, a phenomenal, uh, a phenomenal game. Matter of fact, I went uh, over to Struthers and, and listened to the game uh, live with, uh, with Dave Ferris as he was running the board. I, I got to the, uh, I was in the neighborhood. I said, you know what? I'm going to just stop by and talk to Dave and keep him company and, we listened to the game and BS throughout the uh, the night. So it was a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, but that that's going to wrap it up. All right, here we go. Just for the heck of it. Your official pick, Kennedy and New Brennan. Kennedy. Me too. I'm taking Kennedy. All right. Hey, you know what? Go ahead. Let's run through all the games. We'll... That's what we're going to do. Okay. Uh, Maslin, Washington versus Akron. Archbishop Hoban. Um. Tim, I don't see anybody beating Hoban this year. They're just too strong. It's um, I wouldn't be shocked if that game's a double-digit game. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Knights and Tim Tyrrell and the uh, mm-hmm. Archbishop's Hoban. I agree with you there. I think it's going to be a great game, and uh, we'll see who comes out on top, but my official pick is Hoban. I like Hoban. Yep, me too. In Division 5, it is Kirkland and Ironton. Uh Tim, again, I got to go with the power. I got to go with Kirtland. They are just uh, – what Todd Laverde has built there is incredible. Uh, that's a dynasty in its own right that nobody talks about, really. I'm going with the upset. I'm going with Ironton. Are you? Yes, wow. I am. Not that I'm against Kirtland. I'm just going with the upset. Okay. And Division Four is Van Wert versus Menor Lake Catholic. Tim, you just get the Cinderella feeling that – they're meant to do it. I think um, I, I'm going to go Menor Lake Catholic. I think the Cougars, I believe they're the Cougars. Um, I think they got Uncle Mo on their side. And, uh, yeah, I like Menor Lake Catholic to win the state championship. Yeah. I think Destiny has shine on them. I agree. I'm going with yep. Menor Lake Catholic. And then to wrap it up, uh, this is going to be a shocker here. Uh, Springfield Tigers versus Coldwater mm-hmm. uh, Cavaliers. Yeah. Uh, like we talked about, Tim, this could be the first one to 40, or it could be the first one to 17. Um, and boy, you'd love for Springfield to uh, erase the demons and uh, get revenge on last year's uh, tough one. Uh, but I'm going to go cold water. I think Cavaliers are just too good. I'm going with Springfield. All I right, hope I'm wrong. Hey, that's uh, all right. You know, that's what's fun about this. And We'll, hey. we'll figure it out next week when we talk who did right, who did wrong. And you know, honestly, it, it don't be in a hell of a beans. I've been picking games all season long with Austin Melnick, and yeah, I've been terrible at it. <laughs> be quite honest with you, I haven't. Been, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I've been I've been so focused on the game that we've been covering all season that I have mm-hmm. not really paid attention to the to the other schools in our area. And Austin picks the entire schedule, so. There were games really? I had no clue. Wow. Oh, yeah, I was games I had no clue. Oh I'm wow! Like, oh, I'll just throw, flip a coin, and yeah, <laughs> take yeah, that yeah. Uh, I, you have uh, no clue. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, I, God bless them, man. But I, I had no clue, and and it showed. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, I'm always saying this. I just got a text here, and I, 
And I said, I'm picking the Coldwater Springfield game, my podcast, any suggestions? And this person says, I don't want to say this, but Coldwater by three scores. Wow. So he is, uh, uh, I believe he's going down to all the games, a part of the, of the officiating crews. And so he, he's been to a lot more games than I have around the state. And uh, he's very high on the Cavaliers. I hope I'm wrong. I hope uh, Coach Carreri and uh, Springfield can get it done. But uh, I tell you what, that is a special team. Win, lose, or draw. This is the second year back to the state finals. And when you look at what they have achieved and how they have done it this year, it is – it's one for the record books. I hope the Cinderella's shoe fits and – uh, I'm not sure they're really Cinderella's, but uh, I hope they may come away with a championship and uh, it'll be something very special for that community and for uh, everyone involved. And yes, it would. Yeah. There'd be nothing better than see two state champions back in our area at the end of the year. We haven't had that in a long time. It, it'd be the first time since. I think Ursula Ursula Ursula. Did it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. About what? 2006? Late. Yeah, when they 2007, 2008, 2008. Yeah, yeah, and that yeah. range exactly. I'm not sure, but yeah, uh, you think I'd remember stuff like that? I don't know more. I just that they all kind of uh become yeah, they all, the same, yeah, they all run together. Yeah, uh, as the years go by, I just don't have that 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 solid memory of uh what year was what and who did I know what. they were they both played for it like three straight years, right? So right. I'm, I'm positive. Uh, they both wanted. Yes, I'm. I'm uh, pretty sure they did too. All right, one more uh, thing to get to, and a yeah. very impressive news and very important news in sports that I was mm-hmm. very excited to read about is the Miami Marlins hiring Kim Nguyen as their mm-hmm. GM, the first female major sport GM in North America. Tim, it is. I'm trying to pull up a post I actually saw about that a couple hours ago. Um, it's about time. I mean, really, it, it is about time. I actually had this conversation, uh, not about her directly. Um, I believe I was watching a college game Thursday night or Friday, and I said there was a female official, and and I said, oh, yeah, there is. That's pretty incredible. And I said, you know, we need to get to a point where on the broadcast, it's not a two or three minute ordeal that it's a female official or a female GM or a female executive. You know, we have, and we're getting better. Uh, but you talk about Kim, I'm going to butcher this name, Tim. So I believe Kim, it's Nguyen. Nguyen? Yeah, I believe that's how you say it. Have you seen her resume? Yes. I heard about her in the past. Years, 30 plus years of experience with the White Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, in the last 10 years of Major League Baseball. Yeah. When she's with the White Sox, Yankees, and Dodgers, she's been to eight postseasons, six World Series, and she's won three of them. Well, she was assistant GM for 10 years in Los Angeles. Yeah. And uh, she was uh, baseball head of baseball operation in, in Florida mm-hmm. or, or Miami for the last uh, few seasons. Yes. She does have a history with uh, Derek Jeter, so I'm sure that helped yep. her a lot. And I'm, and I mean that is a good thing. And I give him credit for you know breaking barriers and and shattering uh, the ceiling, uh, the glass ceiling that's out there. And it's well, you know, she'll be just just like everybody else 
Exactly. And it's going to be difficult for her because that's a small market team and they're not going to have the, the money that the New York Yankees or the Chicago White Sox or the Los Angeles Dodgers had. So it's going to be her decision-making skills and her evaluation of grades. Yeah, yeah. It's, well, yeah. I'll say this though. From but where I think they she's were. I was, let me finish. Let me just yeah. say, yeah. You know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to come down to her evaluations and, mm-hmm. and uh, her decisions as, as where the Marlins go from here. And uh, I think it's going to be really, really exciting to watch because they do have a good farm system and they will be interested to see how they navigate as a small market team as she has had experience, as has Derek Jeter as a player in a large mm-hmm. market and having unlimited funds. So uh, I'm really, really interested to see how she does her own version of, of Moneyball. Maybe we call it the Windball. Yeah, it's, um, you know, you look at where the Marlins were five years ago, uh, pre-Derek Jeter buying them, and they were awful. They were god-awful. They... You know, they had some players here or there, and they traded them away. Yelich and Stanton, uh, and they traded away. Yeah. Um, the unfortunate death of Jose Fernandez, who was becoming a blossoming uh, stud in the game. Um, and going through that, Marcel Zuna also they had. And now you look at it, like you mentioned, a really deep and talented farm system. There are some good pitchers, some nice hitters in that team. And they made a playoff run this year. And I give it was only 60 games. But now you have something that you can build on. That. There are some momentum down there in Miami that you can have positive momentum. You have a good nucleus, a good core. You can sprinkle on some veterans like a um, Dickerson. They were uh, signed last year. And I believe they have uh, Hedges Aguilar at first base. So you have some talent down there now oh, yeah. uh, that she can work with. Um Oh, it's going to be interesting to watch. A lot of credit. Oh, yeah. Yes, it will be. It's good. You know what? It's a great opportunity. I'll say this. The Marlins will be talked about now instead of being just pushed to the side like they usually are. You know, because unless you're playing the Miami Marlins, it's like, yeah, you know, we nobody really talks about them unless they have to. Now there's a reason to get excited and talk about the Marlins. Oh yeah, it's you know this is going to be a really interesting uh, hot stove season uh, this season, and uh, yes, obviously, you know, officially the Indians have everybody on the market, so we'll see what happens. Uh, we'll go with there and see what. Uh, I'm more curious to see where the Indians go. I keep saying the Indians. I should say the Cleveland Baseball yeah. Club. Uh, what nickname they they go with? Because. I think after the new year, they'll make that announcement of uh, dropping the Cleveland Indians nickname and possibly becoming maybe the Spiders or whoever. I'm really be uh, shocked after that statement back in August that they don't follow through. Uh, I'm I'm surprised they haven't made the announcement after the World Series, to be quite honest with you, that they would would, pursue a new name. Uh, But I don't know what their timetable is on that, so we'll see. What I'm interested in seeing uh, with Steve Cohen buying the match and that's still going through. He has lofty goals. He's already made it known. And you and I have talked about it for a couple months now. Francisco um, Lindor is a New York Met. Well, I'm not, I'm not even talking about, about Francisco Lindor. I'm interested to see 
if they go after Chris Antonetti to run their team. That is the rumor. If they go after Chris Antonetti to be the president. You know what, though? Here's, here's which, uh, that. It's a possibility. And uh, Buster only brought that up a, about a week or two ago in one of his columns. Mm-hmm. And there's no question. Uh, I do believe, and this is kind of odd to say in the world of sports, that mm-hmm. that Chris Antonetti has a um, an affinity or a – he's. I think he wants to win in Cleveland. Uh, simple as that. I, I think I, I honestly believe, yes, he could move on. I have a feeling that he's uh, kind of like Bobby Bean or, or Billy Bean, excuse me, uh, yes. wanted to win in Oakland. I think Antonetti is in that same mode. I could be wrong. I don't think I no, am. I think you're right. right. Um, but uh, I do I believe think you're 100% right. I believe that's the where we're headed with uh, with that. That's just my personal belief. No, I've never talked to the man, but uh, I think the organization, the way it's built right now with, with as uh, long as Francona is available to manage this team yep. going forward and his commitment is there, yep. I think Antonetti's commitment will mirror that. That's just, I think they're tied at the hip together. And I think both of them want to win in Cleveland and bring a championship back. I think that's their ultimate goal every year but that's what they want to do and have they named uh, i haven't heard anything recently but i know brad mills is not going to come back to on-field duties uh, they're going to try to uh give him uh something in the organization like a special consultant or advisor have they I have not heard of you yet to bench coach uh, i haven't heard anything no yet. i haven't heard either any of that discussion um i'm not even sure Brad Mills has accepted the offer to stay with the organization. He may just retire. Yeah. But uh, I think there's time on that. I don't think there's a timetable on that. No, uh, no rush. No. And obviously, you know, Sandy Alomar being going back to bench coach, like he was the first year or two that he was mm-hmm. with Terry Francona will not be ish. Um, I still think when you get right down to it. And uh, far as I know, I mean, if some of the managers have been hired back. Uh, Cora is back with the rate with the Red yes. Sox. Uh, shocking move with the the White Sox. Um, bringing to- Tony Lasorda back. Uh, uh, Larusa, excuse me, Tony Larusa back. Well, he um, could be in trouble now too, though. Okay. Well, they knew that going in. This does that happened a year ago. So I happened last yeah. February. So they knew about it. I don't think it's going away. I think they made this commitment. And this is what they're going to do. As crazy as it sounds. Um, I still think in the end, Sandy Alomar is primed to be picked from somebody if they want to take him. Uh, and again, I'm going to look at New York in the Mets. Uh, who knows, though? We'll see. And yeah, you're right. Because they, uh, I don't believe they have committed to. They haven't uh, made a move. Rojas well, yet. because of the ownership mm-hmm. scenario, they couldn't make a move mm-hmm. until that was settled. Now that's settled. Now that Sandy Alderson is back running the team. They can move forward. And, you know, Sandy does have a history with the Mets, too. So uh, we'll see. I don't know that's going to happen, but I wouldn't be surprised if they looked into Sandy Alomar. And Sandy Alomar may just, believe it or not, take this year and say he wants to stay with the Indians and go from there. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, anything's possible, but he's ready. Someone's going to give him a job somewhere yes. uh, very soon. And uh, how soon that is? 
It could be tomorrow. It could be two years from now. I, I, I'd be shocked if it's two years from now. That's just my opinion on that. So we'll see. But that's our uh, our heart stove talk uh, for the week, uh, yes. Anthony. Yeah, it's uh, it's only November. I got a couple months till uh, baseball begins again. Uh, the the Reds, uh, the Liverpool Reds are on a uh, international break. They come back next weekend. Uh, they're climbing back up the uh, the standings. They, they were on top for a little bit. I think they're a game behind or something or half game behind. I don't yeah. know the whole thing. I don't look at it that often, but they're playing well. They've got the, the injury bug has hit them this year. So I thought they get, yeah, the injury and COVID bug, huh? Yeah. And so it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that goes forward. Uh, and of course, uh, Europe and uh, England in the midst of a new lockdown. So, yep. But the uh, Premier League is going to play through it, from my understanding. So we'll see how that works out there. Uh, the Cleveland Browns are six and three. Nick Chubb and and Hunt both went for over a hundred yards in the game. And how about Nick wow. Chubb? Did you see the last play of the game? No, I have not watched. Okay. Uh, no, I've not watched the Browns. The Browns. Let me let me set this up for you. The Browns are running out the clock. They get the ball yeah. back uh, with four minutes to play in the game, and they keep it on the ground. Uh, they force the Texans into their final timeouts yeah. type scenario. Uh, the Browns need one more first down to to wrap this game up. And between Hunt and Chubbs just running the ball, mm-hmm. they give it to Chubbs. He moves out to the left and breaks a tackle. And turns on the Jets, and he's going down the sidelines, a jailbreak. All that's in front of him is the goal line. The score is 10-7, to 7, and it's basically uh, 40 seconds left in the game. Yeah. He slows down at the 5 and steps out of bounds at the 1. Wow. Well, he, uh, he must no have learned a lesson the- from uh, Penn State. Yeah. He, he slowed down at the 5 and went out of bounds at the 1, and they took – I think two knees to end the ball game. And it fantasy was 10 to owners, seven. And fantasy owners across America. Fantasy and Nick betting Jeff, and, and betters. And, oh, yeah, gamblers. Man. Gamblers were probably desert, going crying oh, to their beer. Nuts. Crying in the beer. What was the line on that game? Uh, it That would have gave, if you bet it on the Browns, you needed that touchdown. I don't oh. know what the exact number was. Oh, oh, my. Could you imagine the sheer euphoria when he turned the corner? To the yep. pure, I was jumping up and down. I was like, "Yes, yes, 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 go, go!" Now he's on my fantasy team, on one of my teams. All my teams suck, yep. so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. Uh, so and then I'm like, "Oh my god!" He went out of bounds at the one. I'm like thinking to myself, "I go, well, I get it." But it's smart. Yeah. Well, you it's, know what? It's smart. I would never ever criticize a player for scoring there, because in no. the end. Uh, you're going to go up by 10 points. So there's no 10 point play in football and there's no chance that, you know, that the Texans would come back. I guess technically they could have one long pass and score quickly and get an onside kick and get it back with 40 seconds and, and some miracle can happen. Uh, it would be an amazing miracle, but uh, my hat's off to him. I mean, not too many players will ever do that. And no. it was one of the, the heaviest plays in the world. And I'm the first to admit if I had his talent and was running down that, I, I'm probably going into the end zone. You know, 99% yeah. of the time, I'm going into the end you zone. Give Maybe him- 100% of the time, I'm going into the end zone. You got to give him a lot of credit for doing that because it'd be easy just to run and score and think about, you know, I get another touchdown and all that. And, yeah. Um, but then you got to think about 
it would have made it what 16 to 7. If they block the extra point return it at 16-9, they get the on you know, it's not likely to happen, but funky things have happened before. Um, so hey, you give them a lot of credit for uh thinking about team first. Yeah, it was an, an amazing play. Uh and people across America have lost hundreds upon thousands on the Browns because he made a smart decision. Oh yeah. There's no question about it. And uh, it is a, uh, an amazing feat. Matter of fact, uh, I had a stat earlier. I'm trying to find it. Um, the, the Browns of course had the two players uh, rush for uh, over hundred yards in the game. First time since like 1966. Wow. Uh, so yeah, I'm trying to remember who were the uh, the last two to do it, but it was, I believe, Leroy Kelly and uh, another running back. I want to say green, but I'm not 100% sure on that. I'm probably wrong on the, on the second half of that. But it was Leroy Kelly and his running mate uh, did it in 1966. And if you told me that stat before the game, when was the last, just ask me that trivia question, I probably would have said Mac and Burton and, and – um, uh, during the Bernie Kosar age, you know. Yeah. Tim, did you see, I'm just uh, scrolling through the internet right now. Did you see how the Buffalo Bills found another way to lose a game? No. Did they lose? They were up 30 to 26 with a second left. At, and the Cardinals had the ball at the 45-yard line of Buffalo. Kyler Murray was flushed out to the left. He was going to be ran out of bounds to end the game, and they're going to lose the game 30 to 26. Instead, he fades away, falling back off his back foot and heaves it up. And DeAndre Hopkins comes down with it amongst four Bills in the end zone, and the Cardinals won 32 to 30. Wow. And the Buffalo Bills find another way to lose a football. They are a unique team. Yeah, matter of fact, I was correct. Leor Kelly and Ernie Green did it in 1966 against the Steelers. Leroy Kelly had 113 yards, and Ernie Green had 103. Wow. And I believe Chubb had 167, and Hunt had like 103 or 104 yards in tonight's in today's game. Wow. So an amazing story. Hey, you don't you don't count your wins until you get them in the NFL. That's right. You're nine weeks in there or nine. Yeah. we nine weeks played for the Browns and they're six and three. Uh, last time they won 10 games, they didn't make the playoffs. Uh, so just one step at a time for, for us Browns fans, but each week is an opportunity to get one step closer. And uh, boy, it'd be nice to break that snap. It's been what's 2002. The Browns made the playoffs. So uh, it's like 18 years. It's, it's phenomenal. And 25 coaches and 30 different starting quarterbacks or whatever it may be. But, uh, yeah, hats off to uh, Stefanski and the uh, the Cleveland Browns right now for uh, continuing to find ways to win ballgames. Tim, that's what we're saying in South Bend. One week at a time. Just keep winning one week at a time. You know what? That's how every week should be played. Uh, no matter you, you know, Bill Belichick used to preach that I'm on to the next game type thing, right? Mentality, and no uh, matter how ugly it may be, yeah, just win, it, baby. Go in the win column. I've always right. said that. You know, your record will will take you where you belong. 
Right. And uh, there's no pretenders in the NFL. You either get there or you don't. And it's simple as that. So I hope hope for the best. Anthony, any last thoughts here before we wrap it up? Yeah, my Irish rate, no. Uh, we get a well-deserved bye week finally. Uh, little brother did not trip us up. Thank God. And uh, we are on to North Carolina to, to coin Bill Belichick. Let's bring it home. That's right. Let's, That's let's... right. We got, we got six more to go. Yeah, we got six more to get. It's a long way to go. One week at a time. Too long. Too long. (laughs) With that in mind, we will talk to you next week here on Radio MVP. Best of luck to the Springfield Tigers and the Warren Kennedy Eagles as they play for the state title championship games on Friday and Saturday. I can't wait uh, to be there to watch Kennedy play. I will be listening on Western Reserve Digital Radio as I broadcast on Friday. I'll be listening on Saturday as they'll have the Springfield Tigers game against New Brennan. So it should be a phenomenal, phenomenal matchups uh, for both teams. And I cannot, I'm, I'm looking forward. I'm starting to get excited. It's Sunday. So uh, the next week is going to be a long week for me, but uh, I, I can't wait. Yeah. It's always uh, long weeks paid off at the end by a rewarding experience. It's always worth it. So enjoy it. Good luck on the call, and uh, hopefully you get to bring home a state championship. Looks, looking forward to it. All right, for Anthony in Canfield, I am Tim here in Boardman, wishing you all a wonderful, good sporting week, and we will talk to you soon right here on Radio MVP. If you listen to it this far, please give us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or anywhere you download our podcast, and, and check us out on our own webpage, RadioMVP.com. And on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash radio MVP, I believe is what it is. I don't remember anymore. And uh, we're on, uh, I'm on Twitter. At, I'm on all social medias as Tim Continenza. Anthony's on Instagram at ACAP17. So check us out there. Talk to us, get involved. And we look forward to talking to you soon. So again, once again, for Anthony, I am Tim. We will talk to you next week right here on Radio MVP Sports Podcast.